8.30 for breakfast catch-up on Triple M. A great check-in this morning with the Calibaran Men's Shed. Richard, we've got a few things to discuss. We're working on another piece of machinery in there from 1939, Lou's Bulldog. 1939 L-Series Lance Bulldog, a Blancu. Uh, local identity, Lou Steber. That's been in pieces from what we believe from 1957. We sort of picked that idea up just because when we pulled all the, the parts out of the wrapping, it's actually wrapped up in 1957 newspaper. Resident mechanic, Jarvid, will be able to assist Lou in getting that put together and hopefully we'll have another tractor on display hopefully within the next month or two anyhow. I can't so, wait to see when it all comes together. Uh, we're all looking forward to the old puffing things. Uh, yeah, they're very nice little machines. We've only got a couple of raffle books left at the CRC. We've only got a couple of tickets left for the, the Men's Shed raffle, the nice Jarrah table that's parked in the local CRC here at Calabaran. That will be drawn next Friday week on the 27th of April and the, the winner will be notified straight after the, the raffle has been drawn but the results will be actually published in the pipeline on the 30th of April. Beautiful. And also coming up this weekend actually on the 22nd, the men's shed are going to be at this car boot sale selling some crafts. Yeah, the car boot sale will be held at the Historical Society grounds at the museum and the, the men's shed will be having a, a stall of their craftwares for sale there. So we're hopeful that um, a few of the locals will turn up and purchase a piece or two and, and that way we can sort of continue on with our excellent work for woodwork and, and hopefully buy some more timber a little bit later on. Speaking uh, of excellent work, Richard, you're going to get together, <laughs> hopefully make the trip to Lottery West to get some grants for a shearless shed. Well, a shearless shed or a shearless shack, yeah. There's a few of us heading to Perth on Wednesday, myself the President and Vice President. We've made an appointment to see Lotteries West in, a, in an effort to sort of create the Sheila Shack. We hope to do certain things that the ladies in Perth take for granted, but there's not nothing or very little available here out in the country. Such items as uh, potteries, mosaics, lead lighting, glass blowing, ceramics, just to name a few. We'll see how we go. We've got an expression of interest from 27 ladies that wish to join our shed, and then hopefully if we... Ask Lotteries West very nicely. We get one of two sheds that are available in Calabaran for their own use. That'd be great if that can come together. I think it's a wonderful idea. Well, hopefully, then maybe we can get a few people from out of town to sort of come this way too and enjoy the facilities that's available. One of the things that's already been donated is a small finishing kiln. I purchased that a couple of days ago and that'll be the first gift to the lady shed if it gets up and running. All fingers and toes crossed. We'll see how we go come Wednesday, but I think it'll probably take a month or two. Richard, thank you so much from the Calibaran Men's Shed for letting me have a couple of minutes of your time to talk about all the great things happening at the moment and we'll chat to you again very soon. Okay, thank you, Verity. Verity for breakfast. For breakfast. <laughs> Mr. Barry Urquhart on the line with me this morning from Marketing Focus. We recently had the closing ceremony of the Commonwealth Games, but this morning we're going to have a little bit of a chat about sponsorship and branding and a fair bit of money involved in, in some of the sponsorships within the Commonwealth Games, Barry. It is indeed, Verity, and good morning to you and your listeners. Sports sponsorship worldwide is worth about $62 billion. Wow. Now, in Australia, it's just short of $750 million a year, and more particularly with reference to the Commonwealth Games, if you wanted to sponsor the Australian Commonwealth Games, it was going to cost you something in the order of $10 million to do so. 
So unfortunately, although good for the local sporting clubs, it doesn't necessarily reflect in, in profit making for local businesses that do decide. I, th- I think it, though it's it's nice to read when you go into a, a small business and see that they're supporting the local footy or, or netball club. I mean, it, it's it's a feel good thing. It is a feel good thing, but on rare and you know raw economics, you've got to say, are they going to get a return? It is to a large extent. A charity. You are giving something to back to the community, but you should not expect any great return unless you're actually being a lot more aligned in the activities. And that's where it kind of comes through. You can sponsor um, a sporting event, you can sponsor a sporting code, you can sponsor a team or an individual, and increasingly the situation seems to be that when you sponsor an individual and that person alludes and expresses your values in life and business, it can be very complimentary because in to a large extent when people are dealing a lot online, the visibility recognition and the loyalty to a brand is fading away very quickly. So if you've got someone who is using your product and is being an ambassador and profiling your product in circumstances that are very conducive for favorable images, it can be quick return for the sponsoring organisation. Some of our local businesses and, and people that do partake in that would have found that really interesting this morning. Barry, thank you so much for a quick couple minutes of your time and chat with you next week. Looking forward to it, Verity. Verity for breakfast. I'm just going to take a moment to sip on this wonderful coffee Davo's just brought in. Thank you, Davo. <laughs> no worries at all. Ah, nectar of the gods. I'm feeling a bit worse for wear this morning, Davo. What did you get up to? A little bit sore. Body pump last night. Kirsty, she's a hard taskmaster at the Meriden Fitness Squash and Fitness Centre. Oh, dear. Have you ever been before to one of her classes? I can honestly say no. <laughs> Are you willing to change that? Hang on, this is Kirsty right here and now. It probably is. Kirsty, <laughs> we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna rope him in. Would you would you ever consider coming along to a class with me? Oh no, okay. I don't think I'd move the next day. <laughs> this, this, what about this, the you don't get this sort of a body by going to fitness centres. <laughs> you don't look like this by going to. The, what about the body balance? That's a little bit less hardcore. That's a little oh. bit like yoga. I find that difficult, though. Well, I'd probably have to twist and bend and I'd probably fall asleep. <laughs> I do fall asleep at the meditation part in the end there. But I suppose it is nice for the peace of mind and yeah. to relax and get into it. So that I could probably do. I, I could probably burn calories by just sleeping. <laughs> I think we do. I think there's a science to that. Look, Dave, I'm going to... That's my challenge to, for the end of April to get you to one of these fantastic classes. Help me out here. (laughs) Find an excuse for me. Whatever it is. Any day of the week, I'm busy. (laughs) Very appropriate here. We've got some Aussie crawl downhearted, which is what Dave I was feeling about (laughs) the possible thought of going to the gym with me. Verity for breakfast. Breakfast. Triple M. And this is the kind of sound you only want to hear when it's truly an emergency. Not so much from prank calls, which apparently, according to some news this morning, has been, you know, we've had a a bunch of pranksters calling in. And authorities have promised to hunt down serial triple zero pranksters who are putting lives at risk by wasting the time of emergency operators. From fake calls about babies burning in homes to 
Juvenile callers complaining about dropped chocolates. I mean, I can't believe you'd get people doing that. The serial prank callers are being warned to stop before they are caught. Hundreds, apparently, in Oz, of hoax and nuisance calls with valuable paramedic resources being squandered. In one instance, over East, a person called 0005 times in November last year. We had 10 ambulances responding to what turned out to be a hoax. I would be livid if I was one of those operators of those ambulances. To give you even more of a bit of an idea of what these operators have to deal with, a man in Penrith made 182 hoax calls between January and April this year. And on one day alone, he made 15 calls. At the moment, he's before the courts, and I hope that there's some serious repercussions coming his way because that is just ridiculous. And if that's not threat's not enough, I guess, the deadly game could mean a penalty of three years in jail and more than $30,000 worth in fines. Do I have anyone listening at the moment who works in emergency services that have had that's had this happen to them, or maybe even multiple times? I just didn't realise it was at the at the stage of of hundreds and hundreds of calls. Verity for breakfast. Triple M. Triple M. An iconic woman is having her estate auctioned off. And you look wonderful. Obviously, adversity becomes you. I put this dress on. This is the dress I was arrested in. <laughs> And you won't believe it, John. I had handcuffed in the back and this went up, 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 and I couldn't pull it down. And here I sat on the street like a streetwalker. Maybe up and all the police, they would walk by. They could see up until Honolulu. Sounds like a bore. This is from a 1989 interview with Joan Rivers. But there you go, Joan. This is the dress I was arrested in. Fans are dropping some major cash on over 450 of her personal belongings from the most glamorous to the most ordinary. Still a bit of time to spend. The late Hungarian beauty's property is being auctioned off at her Beverly Hills home. So far, a diamond and a 14-karat gold necklace with her iconic Daling, Daling catchphrase has fetched $20,000. Also, her Steinway piano, which featured in the film Behind the Candlebra. Sold for thousands more than expected, $23,750. But uh, lots of other things going up for auction. Very interesting.